We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Chris Stanley, a leader in the executive education space. Chris has more than 20 years experience working with diverse global teams in the development of compelling management content and executive education solutions. Chris has extensive experience curating and hosting large-scale leadership conferences around the world. These conferences include the World Business Forum in New York, Sydney, Milan, Madrid, London, Mexico City, Bogota, and others. Over the years, he has worked with some of the world's brightest minds, including Nobel Prize winners, prime ministers, and presidents, CEOs of global companies, and top-notch business academics. Curating content to produce in-person and digital learning programs focused on today's critical business management and leadership topics. Additionally, he has had the privilege to moderate conversations with many high-profile figures from business, politics, and academia. What I appreciate most about you, Chris, is your approachability and your natural curiosity. Welcome to ROG. Thank you so much, Shannon, for that very kind introduction. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so grateful to be on this side of the conversation with you, the one that you're most comfortable with. So now we get a chance to learn more about you, Chris. So why don't we start with your background? Okay, yeah, let's do it. And as you say, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm not used to being on this on this side of the uh, the equation. I'm normally the one uh, <laughs> normally the one uh, putting the questions rather than answering them. So it's going to be a, a fun 30 minutes or so. Um, so yeah, my background. Um, so... I am originally from Manchester, um, born and raised. I went to university down in Cambridge. I then moved to London, uh, worked in London for a while. Um, I then spent some time kind of wondering what I was going to do. I went to South America for a while. I spent some time in the Peruvian rainforest, um, moved back to London, uh, then went to Madrid, and it was in Madrid where I started working with Wobi, um, which was, wow, I spent most of my professional career with Wobi. So that was back in 2005 when I started. So what's that, 18 odd mm-hmm. years ago? Um, I was in Madrid for about two, two, three years. I then moved with Wobi to Buenos Aires in Argentina. I was in Buenos Aires for just over a decade. And I've spent the last six and a half years um, with Wobi in New York City. Um, so that's, I don't know, there's, there's, a, lot to, there's a lot there, but um, that, that's yeah, a, a sense lot of, of where I've been, my travels around yeah, the world. Yeah, covering the globe. Yeah. Uh, what's your family structure like? Brothers, sisters? Yeah. What, what, um, what was that like? So I, I'm, the, I'm the nomad in the family. So everyone else is still in Manchester, pretty much. Um, so I have yeah, mom, dad, three sisters, um, nephews, nieces, all, all back in Manchester. Um, wow. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the family structure. I'm I'm married um, to Carla, who I met in Argentina. Um, and oh. so, uh, yeah, so um, that's the, the family there. And so I've got my in-laws down in, down in Argentina as well. 
Amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. And I just have to ask, are you a Ted Lasso fan? (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoyed the first couple of seasons and then I felt it was getting a bit much, but yes, I did. I appreciate the first couple of seasons. I'm a a Man United fan, um, which was great for about 20 odd years. If anyone follows football and soccer, but for the last 10 years, it's been not so great as Manchester city of, uh, come on the up and uh, United yeah. have gone in the other directions. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just thinking as a native and as a football fan, you know, did it, did it measure up? Cause I don't know if maybe more Americans appreciated that, that show. No, but- absolutely. No, it's, it's completely ridiculous. Um, but it is very funny and I don't know. It's thoughtful. I, I, it's, 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 it's exactly. That's yeah. where, that's where it's real. Um, uh, I think sort of standout quality is, is it's on the thinking about management, right. And leadership, which you're probably going to get on to talk right. about is actually, that's where a lot of people have found the pearls of wisdom, uh, from Ted, um, over exactly. the, of the different seasons. So yeah, yeah the culture creation and all. So just want to go back to, a part of your history that you shared with us about the Peruvian rainforest. What led you there? What did you learn while you were there? You were there for three months, I believe, right? Yeah. um, So again, that was coming out of university and not, I I studied social and political science um, and it was something that I I loved, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it or or particularly where I was Mm going to go when I left university. And I I suppose, like I say, I think I've had a little bit of wanderlust and was looking for adventure and wanted to do something that was going to also hopefully make us make a little bit of a difference. So essentially it's a volunteer program. Um, It's a volunteer program to spend time um, doing inventories of animals, birds, plants in the middle of the forest. I mean, literally we were, um, you know, no running water, long drop toilets, um, tarantulas in the ceiling where we were, these open huts, you know, we had snakes going down below the, the, where we're sleeping on the sleeping bag. Yeah, it was, it was a real, it was, it was a pretty authentic experience. Yeah, it was, yeah. And it was amazing, but I, I still look back. I've got friends that I I'm still in contact with. It was an utterly intense 10 weeks or well, yeah, three months in total. And um, that we were there and it was, um, a really intense experience made some very good friends. And, um, we, you know, we often look back at it and say, yeah, they were, they were, they were good days. Yeah. Still some of the, the best days of my life. Fantastic. With your highlight reel of just like where you lived and some of your adventures and then with your work at Wobi, you're really a global thinker. You know, you're somebody who has lived in different parts of the world. You are constantly in communication with individuals and leaders from all over the world. This is a big question, Chris, but like, what are some of the common denominators or threads that you have have witnessed with all of these world leaders, these politicians, acad- academics? You know, what are some of the, the commonalities that you have seen? Commonalities. I don't know if it's possible to say that they all have something in common. I, I think that that's probably not, you know, you. I don't think you can necessarily compare a Harvard academic legend like Michael Porter with Bill Clinton with Michael Phelps, you know, they're, they're all in very different, um, diff, different sort of, uh, different, um, very different types of personalities and, and, and different, different backgrounds. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that we look to sort of the, the characteristics that we look for when we're looking for content for, to, 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 to offer to people, uh, will be is, is excellence. So I think that's a, you know, we, we want, people that have 
succeeded at the highest levels and have got stories to tell Mm -hmm. around that. And then you kind of see certain things that, that come out through that. You know, you find a lot Mm -hmm. of these, a lot of these people are extremely disciplined. They, you know, in terms of their behaviors and, um, and to, to be able to get to get to the levels of where they've got to. And they're all very aware that they don't do it alone. I think that it's not a, um, you know, individual success is a, you know, it's a, it's a team behind it. And, you know, when people, when I speak to people and they reflect on that, you know, that, that comes through a lot. You know, we, we typically always get, get to, get to the team, get to the people aspect of what these people are, these people's stories, um, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some. Yeah. The team dynamic. Oh, that's really interesting. And you're right. What a range of individuals you've had exposure to and have studied and learned about. And that just that excellence and that willingness to put yourself out there and really get curious, like deeply curious about an issue or an opportunity, right? Looking for a solution. And then I love that whole point about working together, that nobody does this alone. I deeply believe that. Um, So when you think about generosity and generous leadership, what are some of the thoughts that come to mind for you, Chris? So I was thinking about, you know, what what, what is generosity? And it's about giving, it's about giving without obligation and time or money or attention or reassurance or love, protection. It's an expression of kindness. And one of the things that as I was mm-hmm. reflecting on, you know, generosity and how it kind of plays into some of the ideas, thought leadership around leadership that, that I work on is, is how, how interwoven it is into some very kind of sort of basic principles around leadership. You think of leadership as the opportunity to have a positive influence on a person or a situation. You can say leadership is a fundamentally generous act. Leadership is about how you make people feel. That is fundamentally generous. You want to make people feel good, be powerful, to feel confident. You know mm-hmm. that is that's very generous. Um, you know, as, as a leader, with every interaction you have, you there's 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 an opportunity to have a positive impact on on other people's lives. And if you look at leadership in that mm-hmm. way, then you know I think that you know, leadership fundamentally is, is is extremely generous. And and then and I was starting to think about it a bit more. I've been starting to revisit just beginning of the year by by chance. I've I've been rereading the. Um, or re-engaging, let's put it that way, with the, the seven habits, Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective uh-huh. people. Oh, sure. And as I was just thinking about about that, and I was sharing some of the ideas with our team as well, because I was saying, oh, these these are really good ideas. You know, all my team should be should be should have these up on the wall, sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, and you know, just some of the thing, yeah, the fourth right. habit. You know, thinking think win win. You know what I mean? Is that that's that's generous. You know, you, you're yeah. not there to, I win and you lose. You know, mm-hmm. it's, so the win-win mentality right. is, a, is a generous mentality. And then the fifth habit of um, think first to, to, to understand and then be understood. So if you think that, that for yeah. me, I just, you know, that, 
that requires a generosity of spirit to be able to think. And it's not easy, eh? It's not yeah. easy. And I'm not coming here saying, you know, I, I, I find myself like, not at all. <laughs> you know, trying to make my case or what have you. So I'll be like, oh, yeah. but just to be kind of bring some awareness to that. And I think that, um, you know, so, and again, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of others as well that I could, you know, occur to me, but, but yeah, yeah. For sure. But those are two really good ones. You know, when you think about a win-win, it does require that I have to first understand what winning is to you. What is your objective? You know, what are your goals? What kind of an outcome would be a positive one for you? And then be willing to share with you transparently what that is to me. And then trust that we can co-create something. You know, it's a, it's a creative process to negotiate or work through a conflict or even solve a problem collaboratively. So I think that win-win mindset, you're right, it's really generous. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, it's, it's just, um, I think we've got, so this year we've got um, uh, Amy Edmondson speaking with us at World Business Forum in New York in 2024. So this year in in October. And so, and she's extremely, you know, she's known for this concept of psychological safety, which some of your listeners might have heard of as well, which and that this, this concept has become huge in the last, the last few years. And, and again, I was thinking about hey, well, psychological safety. That's it's about making it your culture, a safe place for people to make mistakes, to learn. And that, yeah, that's, you've got, you've, you've got to be generous to, to do that. Do you know what I mean? And, and I was thinking, you know, you look at it, you look at it through, through that kind of lens. Um, yeah. Adam Grant's been talking about give and take, you know, one of the best selling books around leadership for the last 10 years or so, you know, that, that, that's all about, you know, really in, in the title, right. About generosity and giving. Uh, yeah. yeah. The givers, the takers and the matchers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw him speak at a Wobie conference years ago. It was brilliant. And, and you're right. And that was one of the things that, that fed into my passion for this topic because I was already acknowledging that as a competency of leaders that I admire the most. But then learning through Adam Grant's work around just the science of it and just what, how does that impact the workplace and the culture and the psychological safety? You know, I think that's such an important topic. And we had Michael Bush, who's the CEO of Great Place to Work on ROG. And he talked about how like of all of the surveys that they've done of companies around the world, psychological safety is like, he said, the X factor. Like if you have that, there's predictable other benefits. And if you don't, there's predictable liabilities. So just curious to get your thoughts on psychological safety, maybe in your own work experience and your own team. Yeah, look, I mean, I've, well, just to, to back up what you were saying there, I, one of the reasons I was really keen to bring Amy into to this year's World Business Forum was because I, I've just seen her work referenced all the time over the last, especially since the pandemic, I think it's become a big thing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so many other thought leaders are referencing her work. I was like, well, no, we've, we've got to bring her in person to, to speak about it. Um, yes. So, I mean, I think that it's not always easy to, to do, right? Because when you're, you know, when you're under in, in a pressured environment, there's a, the, the, the desire to, not the desire, the need, the, the pressure to, to succeed, to hit results means that that when things go wrong, it's not necessarily natural and you immediately to kind of like to, to give, you know, to, to react in a way and to, for people to feel comfortable to, to make those mistakes. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I've, you know, I try and do within, within, um, you know, as a leader within our small team that we have that we have in New York, 
you know, I think that it's it's about understanding where people are at and, and where they are in their professional journeys and knowing where their learning is at and that it's only through giving people the chance to fail, if you like, that they're going to grow. Um, and so I think that people... And, and, and I've also seen it on the other side, that when I feel at my best when I'm not under the, the kind of stress that, you know, always thinking about, you know, how's this going to be judged if something doesn't work out? And, and I think that that question about judgment is, is super important. I've been learning, this is something I've been working on a lot. It's like so many of the sort of the negative things that happen in our lives, whether it's professionally or personally, comes out of judgment. I think people would just be so much more aware about the judgments that they're making, good and bad, because we do, we all do it. And, it and, and whether it's judgments of people, whether it's judgments of situations, and it's something that I've been personally working on to try and you know, improve my leadership. And, um, and I think that it's something that, you know, I think that everyone can benefit from. Totally. Oh my gosh, I completely agree. And I think it echoes the seek first to understand before being understood. Because if I was genuinely trying to understand where you're coming from and I was curious about, like, let's just say we have a different opinion about something or you did something that I perceived was unjust, right? What if I approached that with curiosity and tried to understand where you were coming from, what your thought process was, assuming that you weren't trying to, you know, make this outcome that I'm perceiving is so horrible. And if I could avoid that judgment and then even judging myself, I think that's another part of judgment that's very difficult to, to overcome or, you know, I don't know that we can ever eliminate it, but if we could at least mindfully reduce the amount of self-criticism and, and introduce self-compassion, I think that would be... Well, you talk about generosity. Generally, talk about you know, generosity and generosity to self, I think, is the starting point. If, you, if you're not, if you don't have that generosity to self, if you, and that's everything. You know, that's looking after your physical, your mental well-being. If you can't show up for yourself, how are you going to show up for other people? Um, and that's, if you don't have that basis, you are not going to be effective for other people. Um, and that, that's absolutely, that, that's absolutely critical. So true. What are some of the things you do, Chris, to, for self-care? I mean, I know you've, you've at least have accomplished a major running feat. I don't know. Would you describe yourself as a runner? I, I w- well, yes, I, yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a professional runner or anything like that, but I, I took it up, um, probably like, I think I hit my early thirties and I spent most of my twenties not perhaps caring for my body in the way that I, I, I maybe should have done. And I wanted to make a change. And so I, I got into running. I started doing triathlon um, and started sort of looking after myself a bit more. And then yeah, I would run a, a couple of marathons before and I ran a marathon in, in, in where, where was it? In Barcelona and qualified for the Boston Marathon and then ran Boston last year and did a PR again in Boston. So I was, yeah, I was... Yeah, super stoked with that. Um, yeah, how was that for you? What was that experience like? It was it was amazing. I'd not run a, a marathon of that size before. For anyone that doesn't know, so Boston's got the pinnacle of amateur marathons, right? You have the, the, the difference to any other marathon, you have to qualify for it. So not anyone can just show up and run it. It's not kind of luck. 
or you've got to you've got to hit a certain time. And mm-hmm. so, um, so it's yeah, everyone there's really good. Um, and it's just yeah, and it's literally course. a holiday. And yeah, people yeah, Boston <laughs> has a holiday for it to like when when it's run on and stuff. So I mean, the weather was yeah, pretty rubbish. Patriots Day, right? But that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the weather wasn't great, um, but it didn't make a difference. It was just a wonderful weekend. I ran with um, always CFO and CEO, um, both run marathons. We ran, we qualified together, and we all qualified for Boston. Our CEO couldn't make it, unfortunately, but I ran with my colleagues from from Wolby. So, so that was amazing. It was a, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Oh yeah. my gosh. Were you representing? Did you have Wobi? Uh, no, we didn't go with uh, Wobi branding. No, we should, uh, maybe missed an opportunity there, didn't we? But, uh, no, Sponsored yeah. by <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. For those who are not familiar with Wobi, because you and I are talking yeah. about this, like everyone knows about it. Could you give us a little background of what it is and what the intentions of that organization are? Yeah, sure. So um, Wobi is all about curating and delivering top-level management and leadership content um, for typically senior-level executives, mid-to-senior-level executives. So it's learning and inspiration that we that we look to offer people through a variety of platforms. Now, we've been talking about the World Business Forum. That's probably the best-known of our platforms, um, large uh, conferences that take place around the world each year. Um, we have a, a TV channel in America. Um, we have... Um, regular digital masterclasses. We have digital subscriptions to, to our content, and um, and looking to you know our, our mission is all about helping leaders improve how they lead, so that they can in turn improve their organizations. Which you know, we believe that business has a fundamental role to play in improving society and creating a better society. So if you've got better leaders, building better organizations, ultimately you get to this kind of hopefully, you know, a, a world which is a, a little bit better. So we hope we've got our, you know, we're putting our little bit of, you know, whatever grain of sand or what have you, our little bit of effort into, into, you know, sparking change, giving people an idea, something which will give them motivation to go back to their organizations and make positive change. It's, it's, it, and it really fulfills that mission. And I appreciate how you continually evolve, like you innovate yourselves. You always like bringing Ed Amy on this year. You know, you think about who is resonating with with individuals, whose voice do I want to amplify? Even Stephen Ritz. Stephen Ritz was an ROG guest. Fundamentally, he's a science teacher. He's a teacher in the Bronx, right? But he had innovation and he thought about how can I use teaching and science to help students, families, communities, the world. So you gave him a platform and then that has served the people who have learned from him. So it really has this ripple effect. I mean, do you see it that way, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, Steve is a great example. I mean, I, 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 that, that's a wonderful win-win by the way, I think from, from thinking mm-hmm. about that, because Stephen probably isn't an archetypal Wobi speaker. I mean, you've said it yourself, you know, we don't have many science teachers from the Bronx on our platforms. Um, but what mm-hmm. he's doing is incredible. It's, 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 it's incredible. Yes. And, you know, he's like, said, he's not a top executive, not run a multi-billion dollar company, like some of the people we've had on our stage. Um, Mm-hmm. But what he is doing is he's truly inspiring, and he's had more standing ovations than I think any other Wobi speaker, which says a lot mm-hmm. to like the, the, you know, the power of inspiration and what the, the, that resonates, you know, the resonates yeah. with people. It's like, 
oh my God, this guy is changing the world from a school in the Bronx and I'm you know, leading this big corporate, what, what, that, that, that makes me feel like I should be doing a bit more. You know what I mean? It kind of, you know, I need to step up here. Um, and so, yeah. um, and so, yeah, and it was great for Stephen because it gave him, I know he's told me many times, you know, wobi has been a platform for him to spread these ideas, not just through the US, but around the world. Um, and for us, you know, like I say, he's been, uh, yeah, he's, he's been a wonderful speaker for us in cities around the world. So, you know, it's, it's been a yeah. you know, great collaboration. Beautiful yeah. win-win. Thank you for inviting people like him to your stage and for just the constant way that you look for how to help people. I really think that your mission about helping leaders improve how they lead and doing that through thought leadership, inspiration, idea generation, because you just never know where that spark is going to set fire and then it's going to turn into something that changes the world. So you give people opportunities, not just to learn from the speakers, but to learn from each other. You know, you kind of curate a, a population of, of people who are interested in that kind of growth and, and generosity, uh, which one of the reasons why I love it. So when you think about your own career, I'm curious to learn about examples of when you've seen generosity either given to you or opportunities that you've had to to pour into others. God, right. So I this is this is a bunch of we could go down down here. So I know we have limited amounts of time. So I'll give you one kind of which is a it's just a nice one. It's more of an anecdotal one um, to kick off, which was from okay. when I was a lot younger, it was probably over 10 years ago, and it was when Manchester United were good at football, were good at soccer. Um, and I was working in Argentina at the time, and as you may, I'm sure you know, Argentina, absolutely football, soccer, mad country. Um, and you know, I was this random English guy that turned up in the office in Buenos Aires, and I was kind of a bit lost and what have you. But you know, the, the, the CEO at the time there, Nelson Dubosky, was you know, very, very generous, and you know, he took me under his wing a little bit. And and that year, the Champions League final, which is the the uh, the final of the uh, European kind of soccer club soccer tournament, was taking place in, in Wembley in London. It rotates around different cities in in, um, in Europe. And he said, you know, he said, Chris, if uh, if Man United get to the, the final, um, I'll send you there. Um, and so I was, I was watching him progressing through the rounds, through the rounds, through the rounds. And they effectively got to the final of the Champions League that year in Wembley. And this is, you know, this is a hot ticket. This is like, you know, Olympic hundred meter finals. You know, this this is, it's not easy to get tickets for this, for this event and what have you. And by hook or by crook, he sorted it out and he put me on a plane and he got me to London and got me into the stadium and, then I watched Manchester United get roundly beaten by Barcelona, um, but it was it was yeah, I, I will always remember that it's um, something that completely beyond the bounds of day to day work. Uh, what what anyone would expect from you know from what I would expect anyway uh, sure. from from a leader for a boss or what have you. And you know, Nelson and you know, Nelson has since moved on; he's doing his own thing. But whenever I'm down in Argentina, I I, I meet up with him, and I yeah, you know, it's just it's a sign of you know. You know, how to create a bond and, and, and I think it's, uh, yeah, that is still there today. Like what did you learn from Nelson in that example or just in general? I think it's about um, thinking about the individual. So he knew, you know, I was British. I was in the, down there on my own in Argentina. I love football. And he kind of came up with something which was unique and personal, personal for me. And, um, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, just, 
you know, something which, you know, he, he knows that just making someone feel... Like they matter and they're seen. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to psychological safety when you were talking about like people, like as a generous leader, you want people to feel that way. What, what are other examples that come to mind, Chris? Yeah, just, just professionally, some of my biggest, you know, people that have given me opportunities. So again, back in, in Argentina, the first time that my boss at the time offered to or gave me the opportunity to moderate a session on the main stage of one of our of the World Business Forum, which for me was like, wow. Do you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> you know, huge butterflies. I was probably awful. Um, but but like it was it was just, just walking out on that stage. And that set in, you know, in motion sort of a you know a whole series of events that really led me to, you know, a whole some incredible experiences. And so, you know, she didn't have to do that. I, like I say, I wasn't probably wasn't particularly very good at it when I first started. Um, but I, you know, and I they gave me that opportunity. And then Wobi's current CEO, Alberto Sai, gave me the chance. I moved to the US um, six, six and a half years ago in one role, and he gave me the opportunity to run the business here. With and he was taking a punt. I recognised that. You know, I, I hadn't run a business before. And our U.S. operations, you know, it's an important part of our business. And, you know, he saw, he saw something in me and he gave me an opportunity. And, um, you know, again, I think both of those are, you know, just giving, giving people opportunities, seeing something, giving them, you know, um, I think is two examples that I've benefited from a lot. That's amazing. And they were giving you those opportunities. And then how did they set you up for success? That original moderator role and now running this business, you know, how have they supported you? So I think in the first one, it's always just picking you up. You know what I mean? You've got to be confident. And they were just told all the time, you were great. You were, you know, you're good. You're good at this. You know, what do you need? You need help. You know, you want to look at, you know, just the generosity of time to you know check the questions or, you know, just that, that reassurance, I think, is super. Yeah, that that's uh, that was super important. And then, with regards to the US, it's been much more, I would say, a, a role of mentoring. Um, it's been, you know, I'm here learning from. Yeah, you know, I've learned so much over the last six years. It's just been, you know, <laughs> kind of like that, kind of fairly exponential. And it's um, and so it's just that 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 time and generosity of you know giving. Learning and experience—I um, I think uh, what I've what I've seen on, from both of those. That's such great examples, and I just think it's the return on generosity of that they wanted to give you an opportunity, and then you have in turn, I'm sure, looked for other ways to pay it forward and give other people opportunities. And in the role you're in, you know, how can can the work I'm doing be of service and help leaders? to improve how they lead, right? You, you know, you have that mission in mind. And so I always think that when we, when we give generously to others, we just never really know what the dividend is going to be, but we know that there is something and we're not giving so we can get, but the fact is yeah, yeah. it's so rewarding, right? I totally, totally get that. I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I, 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 it's not something I consciously do, right? I, but I suppose if, you know, I was, well, how am I generous? Do you know what I mean? I was thinking about it before I came on because I thought yeah. you might ask. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's not something I particularly would maybe sort of define as a characteristic or even, you know, but, but I, you know, I feel like, especially, you know, I've been, I've been 18 years in this company and that is something that I'm very conscious of. So whenever new people come in and are starting, you know, just 
I, I, I want to check in. I want to give my time. I want to be approachable. Um, I kind of forget, you know, geez, someone just coming in, a 22-year-old person in Spain, and they see this person that's been in the company 18 years in New York, and it's like they're very – I want to just try and be open and give them the time and, you know, it might not be directly related to my particular objectives at any one time, but, you know, I think that that's, um, you know, that, that's important. And then, and then, again, I suppose it's the – thinking about what we do and I think that what will be at its best is generous it's generous in what we're trying to give to people and you know we're, we're trying to help people and 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 so I kind of I, I see that when we're you know with, with clients and with certain situations and we're we you know I've learned so much from a, another speaker last year we had Will Gadara um who wrote the um book on reasonable hospitality he was the um, found of the or owner manager of the 11 Madison Park with restaurant in New York and and he wrote this book called Unreasonable Hospitality which again is, is uh, again, I think just ties into again it was another one I thought that's just generosity all over um, and and I think if you you know thinking about how you can be unreasonably generous let's say I think to, to other people um, whether it's your clients whether it's your employees um, you know even our speakers it's um, you know you, you see that come back and and I think that what has it's one of those things that we saw a lot in the pandemic you know, on many levels Wobi shouldn't have survived the pandemic there's it's our, our revenues went from whatever they were to zero over literally overnight literally overnight and they were there for about yeah a good few months and we we kind of reinvented ourselves yeah we worked very hard to reinvent ourselves and we got we got through um but you know it was it could very easily have gone the other way what came in for us were clients who were very generous with us. You know, they, they said, look, you know, <laughs> they bought tickets for a conference that you said, no, we'll set, you, know, don't, you don't need conference. our money back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. when you're back, we'll come. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Speakers who we've signed contracts with or what have you said, oh, geez, well, Wobi's been here for 30 years. We, we, we need Wobi. We want Wobi to be here. Yeah, we'll do whatever you want. Yeah, they came in, yeah, they we'll did wait. webinars for yeah. us. They did a bunch of stuff. They helped us through, you know, will we staff like went above and beyond like um to 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 kind of help the company through that through that period and and so we saw the fruits of of all this kind of work that we've been doing like as a culture as a company for 30 odd years when we were needing kind of other people to come in and it was like oh geez you know you guys we 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 want Wobi to still be here in 12 months time and so and and you know we've come out not just got through the pandemic, we've come out stronger than ever. So, yeah. you know, it's fantastic. What a wonderful story. And to think that you may not have even realized how much you had served society and these these people who mm-hmm. would want to come in and support you if you never really needed help like like you did during the pandemic. So I just think, you know, in in hindsight, it wasn't pleasant at the time, no doubt. It was probably very scary. But in hindsight, you look back and you think, gosh, you know, this is really a community that we've created. And that's what a community is, right? We all support each other and make it safe and we want to thrive together. And we think about the win-win, right? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So at the end of every episode, we try to recap some of the things that we learned so that individuals could apply some of these lessons to their own work and lives. So here's a couple of things I've got, Chris, and then just jump in if there's something else that comes to mind. So one of the things you talked about is about how to be a positive influence 
and think about how you make people feel. I think that's a really important thing for leaders to think. How do I make people feel? What kind of an environment am I creating? And then with the reflection on the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey, the two you you highlighted was to, to think win-win, really to think about you know what would it look like to have mutual gain here? And then the seek first to understand before being understood. So that curiosity that I wonder, let me unpack that with you. Um, and then you, you talked about judgment and how we have to be cautious around not judging others, judging situations and not judging ourselves which led us to self-care. You know, how are we being generous to ourselves? Um, thinking about our own well-being. How do we tick? What are some of the resources that we could utilize to help us to develop in that area? Um, and then, you know, when you're talking about the will be mission, helping leaders improve how they lead, that helps us to think about what is our mission in, in our organization, for me individually, what is my what is my mission? How well am I serving that. And then you talked about giving people opportunities, giving them reassurance, mentoring. And and then it's interesting because when you were talking about how you welcome people, I wrote down the word hospitality. So hospitality, how are we being hospitable? How are we even being unreasonably hospitable? I love that. Um, And just helping people through our generosity and our our observation of what their needs might be, making ourselves available to them. Is there anything that you would add to that? That's a pretty good summary. I suppose that something else we didn't talk about, which I thought about as we were talking about judgments and mm-hmm. think about judgments and, and be more be aware of how we judge situations and others and ourselves is thinking about tying that in with values. So I've seen values for me underpin, again, together with, together with judgments, just just so much of our lives and and when we're in conflict and when we're not and and, and often we find you know every kind of conflict is is basically because someone is clashing with our values and it's so why 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 am i in conflict with this person and you realize well it's because i have this value and what well, what why what values have they got in this situation and um, and if you understand it from that kind of level it becomes it, it doesn't become personal it's not about personality it's it's something fundamentally about that person and so you know i think that you know that that's just something else that I just wanted to mention because I'm thinking about it a lot at the moment. I bring a lot of awareness to that, um, to, to my leadership, to my relationships, personal, professional. And I think that that's something I hope, you know, maybe listeners want to think about a little bit more. And, um, and yeah. Brilliant. It's so true. Cause I think conflict is like, I'm trying to make you value what I value. Right. <laughs> and you're trying to make me value what you value. Instead that whole, like seek first to understand, mm-hmm. right. What, what do you value and how is that showing up in this? And then how am I interpreting that? Because sometimes it's my interpretation of something as a conflict to a value that I have instead of it actually being in conflict. So we have to own that part of the storytelling as well. Absolutely. So Rich, thank you so much, Chris, for making time and connecting with us, sharing your wisdom with us. Look forward to the next Will Be Conference. I'll put all these links in the show notes for our listeners to get on board if you're not already and to enjoy the content that you're creating. So thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you so much, Shannon, for what you're doing. It's a a great project. And yeah, I've really enjoyed the time we've uh, spent together today. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. 
We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.